what's what's the, sorry. <laughs> I think Wolf. that's how we should start, Brad. Let's just start there. Side talks, we're so professional. We're a podcast. I'm Rachel Morgan. That's Corey Craft. Let's just do it. You don't even get to speak. We're just gonna go into this. Bye. What's this shit? Shit list. Am I allowed to speak now? <laughs> you are. I came with a little L7 there. All right. In this intro, which I know everybody appreciated. Um, but yes, you're going to speak now. As a matter of fact, you're going to try to guess the film I'm watching. I'm dropping right. right into a film. Yeah, I don't even know where the hell I am in this one. Um, I like this film a lot, though. Oh, uh-huh. it's okay. One, it's one that I actually like. Uh, so I, I, it is still shit, but I do like it. Um, <laughs> and and so I don't know that you're going to get it, actually. I usually go, you're going to get this so quickly. Huh, okay. I think once I mention who it is, yeah. that you're probably going to be able to jump on it. But um, it, it's loose what I've got for you, what I'm bringing you today. Okay, all right. Let's hear it. So there's a rooftop. Um that's sort of a shot. There's a there's a dude with, in an elevator with a weapon that at first I'm like, what in the world is that? And then it turns out it's a big, giant, like, hunting knife kind of thing. Yeah. And he's in the elevator standing behind a woman who's like, you think he's maybe going to stab her, but then she, you know, is she, and she seems to be like maybe a, a janitor or something. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. She gets out safely, which you're like, oof. Um, and then there's a gentleman who is chewing on a match. And he's in what looks to be an office, and it looks like he's watching some monitors. Mm-hmm. And then as as things sort of progress, there's a nurse, and it, we're in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And then there's somebody who calls the gentleman with the match, whose name I don't want to tell you because the minute I do, I think you're going to at least be able to narrow this down a good bit. So I'm trying to give it away too fast. Um, but anyway, this all this all culminates, and and you shouldn't wait. What do you, the guy calling from the office and telling the gentleman with the match? I'm in your office. He's like, what are you doing in my office? Get out of there. And then there's shooting happening. There's also a really lovely, and I'm not joking with this, a very lovely giant Pepsi neon. I bet some folks out there are getting this. Because if you're a fan of this film, you know. It's yeah. gorgeous 80s lighting. Everything feels very. That was my question. If this were an 80, was it an is 80s an movie. 80s is this a era. sequel? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. All right. I don't think well, so. So it's not what I thought it was then. What did you think it was? When you said hospital and got hulking guy with a with a knife type thing, I thought Halloween too. No, that's a good guess though. Yeah. Well, this guy talks kind of like this. Mm. Actually, it's a really bad impersonation. The gentleman with the match is the one and only Sly Stallone. Oh. So, do you want to guess what this is now? In a hospital with Stallone. Definitely fans of this film. Definitely getting this now. Yeah, they must be. This does not sound like something I have seen. Yeah, well, I based, you know, I I've seen it many many years ago, but in the revisiting the scene, I'm like, we should all go watch this film now. This well, is this is Cobra. Yeah, I've not seen Cobra. Yeah. I've heard I've heard nothing about good, but good things about Cobra. Yeah, it's good. It's it's, it's him versus shit. a cult, right? It's good shit. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, I don't know why I haven't seen Cobra because I've seen a lot of other Stallone movies, but um, but yeah, this just never got around to this one. Well, you know, you'd been on a roll for a while. I and you've been there. catching stuff. Yeah. So, you know, at some point, you know, just like everything else, there's ups and downs, roll tide. <laughs> All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. It's time now for the filmmaker lightning round. <laughs> What? That's the new lightning. You, That's you, lightning. Post-pandemic lightning sounds different. It. You sounded like Gizmo from Gremlins. Yeah, I know. It's 
cool. Or like not not Gizmo, but one of like the evil uh, <laughs> Mogwai who spawn out of Gizmo. One of the Gremlins. Yeah, but <sighs> you know, um, what boy. are we talking about today? We're, we're talking. You know, we we are returning to uh, the well of uh, great actresses, great contemporary actresses, and today uh, the subject of our filmmaker lightning round is the great Kate. Winslet. I think I proposed this in a recent episode, um, and now we're just going to jump right into Kate Winslet's filmography. So let's do it. What's a Kate Winslet movie you love? Oh, boy. Uh, Heavenly Creatures yeah. is very much at the very top of my list. It's a great film. It's a great film. Uh, maybe her first feature? Yeah, Certainly a discovery so. of her. And just a really, really amazing film. And she's great in it. Very young in it, but very, very good. Um, interesting and all around interesting to look at, interesting performance, solid. And so it, it's way up there for me. Yeah, totally. Um, her first film, uh, Melanie Linsky's first film. Yeah. And then, of course, directed by the great Peter Jackson. Um, so. Before he started, you know, just doing nothing but rolling around in the Lord of the Rings. Which we are all grateful for and, <laughs> and, and love him for that. Um, oh, boy. We'll, we'll get into that some other okay. time. Um, what about you? I'm going to – you know what? I'm just going to say it. I could go Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind oh, here. Great film. It's a great film, indisputably. She's been in a lot of great films. But you know what? I'm just going to put all my chips on the table. The movie starring Kate Winslet that I love is James Cameron's motherfucking Titanic. Titanic uh, oh, is a Sam. great movie. And all you cynical sons of bitches can keep shaking your head because it is. Uh, this this movie is just it, it, it giant and epic in the best of ways. I love it so much, and uh, yeah, let's fight about Titanic. Why not? Oh, Sam, add it to the list. Also, Brad, could you put a little "My Heart Will Go On" right here, just so I can rub Corey's face and what a shit show this film is. Uh, it's not a shit show. Moving that song forward. overplayed, but uh, you know what? Not a terrible yeah. song. Far, where you are. I, I prefer Celine Dion's version. Actually, I prefer the um, the uh, house music like uh, <laughs> oh, remix in. Oh, Brad, um, definitely do the remix. Yeah, the iceberg. Okay, all right. So what? <laughs> I knew that that would. I knew Ooh. that that would uh, run afoul of of oh, you. Just so, but wait. Titanic, great just movie. Wait. Uh, a movie uh, starring Kate Winslet that you feel like you might like more than other people. Uh, you know what? That's a tough one. That's a t- I, maybe Heavenly Creatures though, actually, because I think mostly because a lot of folks haven't seen it. Yeah. But I'm gonna say uh, Holy Smoke. I've never seen Holy Smoke. So that's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, is that a Jane Campion movie? It is. Yeah. It is. That's one of the the Campion films that I haven't seen, but I love Campion, um, and you know, it's a weird one. Really need to catch up with it's it. It's a weird one. I'd also like to pause at this moment and say, uh, you know, that we were going to do a segment. I, why not just do it? Things Candace says in a movie. Candace, my best friend, who tends to be fairly deadpan. Well, this is this is a sidestep to that. Um, I just want to point out that Candace Murdoch had a Quills poster on her wall in high school. Oh God, that <laughs> rules! If, though, if you just if anybody wants to just stop for a minute for some entertainment, just do an image search for Quills movie poster, and you will laugh because that poster was on a on a, a high school girl's wall in Dothan, Alabama. I'm I'm so into that. <laughs> I'm so into that. As somebody so who has weird. had 
weird posters on my wall, um, you know, going way back. I'm so into that. Quills. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail this into a things Candace says in a movie that isn't really even <laughs> relevant to that subject, just to a poster on her wall. Well, Kate Winslet is in Quills. Um, and it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Yeah. A movie with Kate Winslet that I like more than other people. Um, you know, I think that people don't really have much patience for the four hour version of Hamlet that she stars in. Uh, (laughs) I love, I love that, that Hamlet, but I think my answer for this has to be the movie for which she won her best actress Academy award, the reader from 2008, uh, Stephen Daldry movie where she plays, I think like I think she's a Nazi in that movie or a former Nazi who has an affair with a much younger uh, man, like a uh, maybe maybe a teenage boy or something. So I don't know. Um, pretty unchill vibes yeah. all the way through that. But I thought, you know, at the time, I remember really enjoying that movie. Enjoying. I don't know if that's a movie you enjoy, but it's it's a movie that that I got a lot out of, and I thought she was really great in that movie. Um, I, I certainly preferred it to the other movie that she made that year, um, Revolutionary Road. Oh, I don't like Revolutionary uh, no, Road. No, it's, it's very bad. Um, and I'm I glad we agree on that. I don't think she's very good in it. Um, I agree with you. I think that that film altogether is most unpleasant and nothing is yeah. nothing is good enough for that to be the case. Strongly agree. But uh, a lot of people feel that way about the reader. Um, mm. and, I, and I can't. You know, I, I guess I can't argue with it. It's not a movie I've seen since 2008, but I, yeah. I do remember really enjoying it. So, um, so that's that's my answer for that. Um, a Kate Winslet movie that maybe people like uh, more than you do. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, let me just go there. Titanic. Yeah, well, that seems to be beloved. Gee. I, I'm just, I know, I'm just being the bummer that I am well, and saying no, that that movie kidding, is. Like, Terrible. Brad in there is shaking his head when I say that that Titanic is good. So I think I'm outnumbered in this room by saying, you know what? I think that yours, honestly, is the more popular position at this point. Let's drive to the summit right now, Corey. Let's drive up to the Summit Shopping Center and do a poll and ask people what they think about Titanic. I mean, it's if beloved. we were to go into it's like beloved. Swoozies or something at the Summit and, and like yes. poll like the sorority moms, like, yeah, they probably are like, oh, yeah, they Titanic's a good movie. But like, you know, people listening to this podcast, I bet you we've got a split decision amongst listeners. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't think that movie, that movie, that movie's uh, reputation in recent years is has has fallen. I wonder and why. Because it, I don't, I don't know. Because it's just cool. It's cool to, to you know smoke your fucking clove cigarettes and say that like oh Titanic. Yeah, I saw that movie. It's yeah, just you know it's right. whatever. You're right. It has nothing to do with the fact that movie's absolute shit. It rules. It's great. Uh, everybody's wrong about it. Uh, okay, so a movie that people like more than I do with uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, you were um, holding some of the brown ones way up there. I know. Well, that's just that's my thing. I I I am who I am. Uh, But I guess for this, I you know we've we've talked about it already. We don't have to talk about it again. But Ammonite. Uh, yeah, that's her movie true. from last year is, is a movie that a lot of people really like, right. and, and it didn't work for me. Uh, finally, a Kate Winslet movie that you feel like you may need or want to revisit. Well, after I've puked on Dead Poets Society in a recent episode, and I just puked on Titanic, I'd like to get some of the love out there in the world back, and I'm going to say The Holiday. Uh-huh. 
I mean, we're only six months from the holidays, sure. and I would watch that again. It's a very pleasant film. I like Jack Black. It's a it's a it's a good one. That's a movie that has you know when it came out in two thousand six, people just kind of shrugged their shoulders at it, right? But it has grown you know, a cult around it of people who really, you know, find it pleasant holiday era, you know, viewing like that, that tends to happen with Nancy Myers movies, I guess that people just watch them for the vibes. I don't, I didn't like that movie in 2006, but I was also, you know, as you are fond of saying, a dumb baby. So it's possible that if I were to go back to the <laughs> holiday, uh, I might find more to like in it. That's not exactly my words, but you know what? I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> um, I I, don't, I never said I like the holiday. I simply said I would watch it just, just for the record. I I find it to be mildly enjoyable at the at the holiday uh you know, because it's it's just fine. Okay, fair enough. Well, so you heard it here, folks. Rachel did not say <laughs> that the holiday was good. You know, and my mom is a big crush on Jude Law, and he is a cutie. In that movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I'd like to revisit her role in 2006's film Little Children. Okay. Um, that That's a movie, the... Last uh, movie to date directed by Todd Field, who, you know, if you're listening to this, you might know of his previous film uh, from 2001, In the Bedroom. Yeah. But you may know him better as the actor who plays Nick Nightingale in Eyes Wide Shut. He's only directed those two movies, uh, In the Bedroom and Little Children, and they're both very good. Little Children... A step below in the bedroom for me, um, Can because we it's trigger a, horn people about in the bedroom real quick. Well, in the bedroom is is an intense um, family drama that takes a turn uh, into even more intense territory. It's pitch, it's pitch black this film, but so. boy is it good! Um, oh, those performances are so good too. Anyway. Um, Little Children is more of a black comedy, and uh, Winslet's a dissatisfied uh, suburban housewife who starts a fling with hunky Patrick Wilson. There's also Jack Earl Haley playing a <laughs> um, sex offender in that movie, doing Always something or, or, or another. Uh, I don't remember the particulars. It's based on a satirical novel by the the author Tom Parada, who you may know best as the author of The Leftovers, which was turned into the HBO TV series. Um so, you know, there are a lot of like there are a lot of details about that movie that I don't really remember all that clearly. I remember in 2006 being kind of weirded out by the tonal shifts in that movie and I expected I think something more broadly comic than I got. Um cuz I had read the book and the book is is pretty funny, but Todd Field I don't think is a particularly funny director. So the the matching of material to to filmmaker uh, I found a little strange, but that movie I think has has kind of faded from memory to such a degree that I think if I were to revisit it, I'd, I'd find a lot in it, or maybe I'd just think it was bad. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. Hard do you, to say. Yeah. Do you remember much about that movie? I do not. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, no. just kind of in one ear and out the other. But she got she got an Oscar nomination for it. Good on her. So that's Kate Winslet. Um, that we, is the Kate Winslet section of the video store. We, we didn't really talk about Eternal Sunshine other than just one mention, though I think that's, for me, probably the very best movie she's ever been in and probably her best performance. It's amazing. Um, and I, I just a shout-out real quick to Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility, which she's wonderful in as well. Oh, yes. And a shout-out to those American Express commercials. Kate Winslet, say no every once in a while. Well, you know, she's doing fine. What up? 
And now we'd like to welcome Charlie Brown Sanders III to the studio for his segment, Film History Minute with Charlie Brown. John Huston tried to launch the movie version of The Man Who Would Be King many times before completing it. It was originally conceived as a vehicle for Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart in the 50s. Bogart died before the movie could be made, and while Houston was considering who could replace Bogart, Gable also passed away. He later reimagined it as a vehicle for Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, and later for Richard Burton and Peter O'Toole. Finally, when it was considered as a vehicle for Robert Redford and Paul Newman, Newman suggested Sir Sean Connery and Sir Michael Caine. The film takes place from 1882 to 1885 in Kafiristan, which is part of modern-day Afghanistan. Karum bin Bali, played the high priest Kafu Siam, was said to be 103 years old when he made his only movie appearance. When he saw some of the footage, he declared that now he would live on forever. Karum was the night watchman of an olive orchard near the filming location. He was hired after writer and director John Huston accidentally met him and told to come to the set the following day. After he fell asleep a few times during filming, it was discovered he had still kept his night watchman job. Houston had to explain to him, he didn't need that job anymore. The movie company would pay him enough that he could sleep at night. Kane and Connery were disgusted by the treatment on set of Sahid Jaffrey, another elder man. He didn't even have a chair to sit on between takes on location. Finally, Kane had enough and shouted to the crew, get this man a fucking chair. Christopher Plummer, who plays Rudyard Kipling, would have been dismissed early on by the producers, if not for Sean Connery's insistence that Plummer stay. Connery had been threatening to abandon the production if Plummer were not retained. The producers eventually relented. In his autobiography, Christopher Plummer mentions that he was a late replacement for Richard Burton. Between filming, Sean Connery ate sheep's eyes to appease a local sheep, never realizing it was his heavily disguised friend, Eric Sykes, playing a prank. Connery and Kane later sued Allied artists for what they felt was improper percentage profit sharing. They were reportedly awarded $250,000 each. John Huston had failed to cast the role of Roxanne before shooting it started. During filming at a small dinner party for some cast and crew, Huston was asked if he had yet to fill the part. When he answered no, all heads turned toward Shakira Kane, the wife of Michael Kane. Houston cast her on the spot. The paintings on the wall, when Peachy tells Daniel he's leaving, are copied from the spring fresco unearthed on the Greek island of Santorini, dating back to 1500 BC. Michael Caine says in his biography that John Houston addressed him and Connery only by their character names on set, never by their true names. He also confessed that both him and Connery improvised dialogues and even scenes. Caine recalled on the Inside Actor Studios that a few weeks into shooting, both he and Connery were worried and concerned at the lack of direction and feedback they were getting from Houston. Kane approached Houston and asked if anything was wrong and if he was happy with their performances. Houston replied, You're getting paid a lot of money to do this, Michael. I think you should do it by yourself. Cinematographer Oswald Morris chose Eric von Herren-Nomen as his main camera operator after being impressed by his documentary film work. However, he admitted he quickly regretted the decision as Noman had no experience as a feature film cameraman and clearly lacked the necessary skills and understanding for the role. Morris noted he missed shots and he wasn't anticipating the actor's performances or movements and kept asking for retakes, much to the cast's frustration and annoyance. Included amongst the American Film Institute's 1998 list of top 100 greatest American movies, 
The Man Who Would Be King was nominated for four Oscars and grossed $11 million. It is reportedly Sean Connery's favorite role. In the making of a featurette, the DVD contains footage of Connery performing a fall from the bridge. He fell approximately 100 feet to the bottom of the ravine before his fall was broken by a big pile of cardboard boxes. In his 2010 book, The Elephant to Hollywood, Michael Caine reports on page 150, the real hero then took Connery's place, Joe Powell. He was an experienced stuntman. Joe fell so skillfully, twisting and turning on the way down, and at the very last minute, straightening himself out, so he hit the mattress dead center. John Huston turned to me and said, that was the dondest stunt I ever seen. That was the worst Michael Caine. I can't do a Michael Caine. I've been, I tried to do it like all fucking night last night, and Kathy was just like, this is terrible. Thanks for listening to Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Chris Christopherson and Elvis Presley. <laughs> okay, what's the relation between those two people? So, uh, you didn't, did you know this? That uh, Elvis was cast in A Star is Born? No. Not that far before he passed away. No kidding! And the colonel really didn't want him to do it for all kinds of strange, f- jacked up reasons that the colonel would have for Elvis to do or yeah. not do stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was really, he, he, there was some... It really probably came down to money in this particular case, but there was a, a, some negotiation that was taking place in which clearly too much money was being asked for. But Barbara Streisand really wanted Elvis to play that role. That's And wild. Elvis really wanted to play it. And it was, a, it was sadly, it would have been an opportunity for him towards the very end of his career to perhaps have sort of turned that the his acting experience around a bit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, unfortunately, he didn't land the role. And unfortunately, well, for you know, fortunately for Chris Christopherson, I guess I should say it went to him, but would have been a very different film. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. Um, the 70s A Star is Born, which I've never heard anything anybody say anything good about, to yeah, be honest. Maybe if Elvis had been cast, it would be certainly at least talked about. Well. Anyway, uh, thanks to Batwell Studios. We appreciate their help. Uh, Check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit SidewalkFest.com for the latest news about what's going on at the Sidewalk Cinema. We love you. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.